0: Welcome back, ladies. I hope you are doing well and that you are excited and gearing up for Christmas. It is like literally one of my favorite times of the year outside of Halloween. Yes, I love Halloween. Halloween is a holiday to me. And yeah, my next favorite is Christmas. I love it. I love it so much. And I'll be taking two weeks off over the holidays. I also hope that you guys will be taking some time off to just rest and reset. And speaking of reset, we actually have our metabolic reset that is coming up for sale on December 26th. So you're going to want to mark that's in your calendar because we only put it on sale once a year and we only do a live group coaching with it one time a year. And our group coaching and our program will officially kick off in the new year on January 10th. And I'm really excited for it. We have hundreds of women that join. It is such a transformative program and it is One of my favorite programs to coach inside of, it is our high-fat, low-carb, eight-week program. So it is not a no-carb. We are still bringing carbs in there, but the real purpose of the program and why we're focusing a little bit more on the lower carb is because especially as we start to age, and I've been noticing this with myself, is... How our body tolerates and handles carbohydrates is so different than when we were in our 20s. And so, so many women are experiencing the fatigue and the inflammation and the low thyroid and the adrenal burnout, and we still need carbohydrates. Absolutely, we still need that as a fuel source but so many of us are becoming overly reliant on it, and we're relying just really heavily on carbohydrates and grains, which actually destroy the gut and can really impair the thyroid. So just for eight weeks, we want to manage our carbohydrate load, and we want to take the grains out of the diet. We're going to be eating lots of delicious, healthy fats, delicious protein. You've got meal plans for the whole time in the program, and you've got live group coaching support every week with myself, and then you also have Coach Nadine, who is one of our hormone Solution coaches. She'll be in there as well, coaching you guys too. So it's the last time we will be offering this program with live group coaching support. And you get access to an entire member area where you can log in and grab all the weekly content and all of your recipes and meal plans. And it is really fantastic. We have women who have gotten pregnant from being enrolled in the program. We have had women who have gotten their periods back after it being basically non existent for six to eight months. We've had obviously hundreds hundreds of women lose weight but just the increase in energy, the clearer skin, the better sleeps, the better improved digestion, no more cravings. It's such a great program. So, yes, I'm going to be over here kind of like tooting my own horn with this program because I spent a lot of time creating it, but it's just the amazing community that we've seen over the years and the hundreds of women that have gone through it and the awesome transformations. So, if you want to grab the amazing discount, be sure to be on our newsletter list. Sign up holisticwellness.ca forward slash newsletter. Of course, I will be posting about it on social media as well. And we'll just have it on sale for about two weeks starting December 26th. And then we're going to kick off as a community on January 10th. And it's going to be a really amazing journey to kickstart the year together. So I hope you come join us. So a few things just randomly. What is it? About men and their TVs. (laughs) Like, honestly, we have been doing some like Christmas shopping and stuff over the past few weeks. And we were like in Best Buy the other day. And I don't know what it is with like men and needing like the biggest TV possible. It's so weird. I actually asked Gaytan the other day because we we need to replace our TV. It is old. And I've been like trying to hold off on it for like so long. But now you can start to see like images almost being like ingrained in the screen so you're like watching one movie but you can see this image from like another movie it's yeah it's like it's not to a point where it's terrible but it's starting to get there it, i think the tv we have is over 10 or 15 years old like and i'm su- surprised it's last this long so anyways we need a new tv and we're in best buy and we're looking at tvs And Gitan keeps looking at like the bigger one and then the next bigger one and then the next bigger one. I'm just like, what is your deal? So I asked him the other day, I was like, can you just like explain to me what it is with men and needing like a bigger TV? And he was like, I don't. I think we just like get excited by it and by the thought of having almost this like kind of movie theater set up in the house with the sound and all that. He's like, I just get excited by it, but I don't need it. I'm just like more curious to just see what's available and what's out there, but... I was like, you're not buying a 75-inch TV. I'm sorry. Like, that's just not happening. So anyways, it wouldn't fit in our space anyhow. So I don't know. Maybe you've noticed the same thing with your husband and your partner. Like, it's just kind of weird. So I just wanted to throw that out there really randomly before we dive into our episode today. And it's a really good episode. I'm so excited for this conversation with Candice Birch. She's in her 70s, and she is so freaking smart and knowledgeable and has been through it all when it comes to hormones with herself personally, with her daughters, but also inside of her practice. She is a hormone health educator, a media personality with over 25 years of experience in the field, and through her at-home testing and consulting practice called Your Hormone Balance, she helps people of all ages detect and naturally correct hormone imbalances. Her background includes working as a health writer and an investigative journalist in London and leading education. Initiatives for ZRT Hormone Testing Laboratory and the Metabolic Research Center she continues to raise awareness about hormone health and disease prevention through her work as a writer a speaker and a podcaster and our conversation was so fantastic today we dive into all the stages of women's health and hormones and you know how hormones start to shift as we age and as we start to head into more of those pre and perimenopause and postmenopause years and the key factors that are at play here and how stress and exercise and synthetic hormones and birth control and how all of that plays a role here. We talk about adrenal health, different strategies for balancing hormones naturally. Candace shares her story about how she became pregnant later in life, and she shares her experience around all of that. And it's just all around a really great episode, one that I know you're going to get a lot of value out of. So let's dive in. Enjoy. Hi, Candice. It's so great to have you here today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Amazing. Well, I'm excited to dive in. And before we do so, if you can share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do.
1: Well, I am a mother of two daughters who are in their 30s now. I started late in life. So I was in menopause when I had them practically, not quite in menopause, but I was in perimenopause. Wow. That's a good story. But I have a master's degree in health education. And when I went into, and and I've been a journalist, lived in England for a long time and did a lot of writing, editing in the publishing world and in the world of consumer reports, sort of investigative health journalism. And when I got into menopause or perimenopause, when my children were looking at me with tears in their eyes because I was scaring them with my mood swings, I decided that I had to get a handle on that and kind of pivot to hormonal health. So I started specializing in hormonal health and learned that there was such a thing as hormone imbalance and testing to confirm whether or not you had one and all kinds of natural things you could do to relieve the symptoms that drive so many women bonkers. And so I started reading quite a bit and ended up becoming the director of education at one of the largest hormone testing labs in the country because they needed someone to communicate with patients and providers to educate them about this new approach to hormones and hormone balancing. That It all begins with testing and then on to foods and lifestyle changes and bioidentical hormones as needed. So that's the world I'm in. And after 12 years as director of education at ZRT Laboratory, I decided to start my own little consultation online practice. And it's called Your Hormone Balance. And that's what I'm doing these days. We test and send lots of information to people once they get their test results and talk on the phone with some people. And it's all about supporting women and helping them understand what their hormones do. It's kind of amazing how many women are still Kind of in the dark about that until the symptoms begin. For sure.
0: Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That sounds like a lot. And I know you have a lot of experience to share and and knowledge, which is very exciting for our listeners. So, having (laughs) kids like later in life and going through perimenopause and recovering from pregnancy, that must have been a lot. You want to share a little bit about your experience through that?
1: Yeah. I had my first child when I was 37. Mm-hmm. And my second, when I was 41. So when I turned 50, my daughter Jess, my eldest daughter, the same day that I turned 50, she got her period.
0: <laughs> oh. so kind of like I love that, wall-to-wall,
1: though. Wall to wall hormones in our house. I, we all pitied my husband, but right. it was just, a, it was actually getting into having kids late and by choice. I really wasn't ready. And yet, when I was ready, It then became a big concern about how do I have a healthy pregnancy at this age? Do I have viable eggs? Are there any risks associated? So I started getting really mindful of all that you do to support fertility and hormonal health. And I think it was a sea change in the way I approach my health. And it made me a better mother and a better wife and uh, partner And that's given me a a long lasting career. I'm ever fascinated about hormones. We're all still learning. There's so much to know and learn about how hormones work in the body and how we can influence them in the direction that we want them to go so that we don't end up being screaming memes or rapidly aging. But for me, it's been a real positive because I feel like at my age now, I'm in my early seventies and I don't feel any less energy or I don't have a lot of the symptoms and imbalance, don't suffer from all of that because I've been balancing my hormones for some 20 years now. Right. And it's kind of, that's encouraging news for women that feel like they're never going to get off the roller coaster.
0: For sure. Yeah. Very encouraging. So what were some of those steps that you took to really support your symptoms and sort of get back to yourself again?
1: The first thing I did was started reading quite a bit because I, being an investigative health journalist, that was of course the first place I went. And this was in the We're talking the 1990s, so there wasn't a lot of information out there, but there was a book called What Your Doctor May Now Tell You About Menopause, which was written by John R. Lee, who's he was an MD, OBGYN in Mill Valley, California, which, by the way, had the highest breast cancer rate in the country. I'm not sure that they still do, but that's something to be aware of during Breast Cancer Awareness Month that, you know there are communities where breast cancer is extraordinarily high. There are breast cancer rates are still going up and they're often linked to hormonal imbalances. But I read this book, Dr. Lee had gone to England, to the UK to study with Dr. Katerina Dalton, who actually is the woman that defined PMS. Mm -hmm. And she was a woman who had always suffered from my... Migraines her entire life and found that during her first pregnancy, she didn't have any migraines. So she became fascinated with what is the hormonal milieu when one is pregnant? Why is it that I'm not having migraines? So she started doing a lot of study into progesterone, the hormone that balances estrogen. And Dr. Lee, studying with her, came back to the States, stopped using synthetic hormones on all of his women patients switch to holistic approaches and bio-identical hormones, plant-based hormones as needed, which by the way, European women have been using for decades and transformed his practice. So I basically called him on the phone after reading the book and said, I want to study with you or learn from you. And how do I do this? I want to get into this. And he told me to call Dr. David Zava at ZRT Laboratory, which was doing saliva hormone testing So I I not only tested my hormones and saliva and identified through that testing what my imbalances were and how they matched up with my symptoms, but I also got a great job. So and it was kind of funny when I met Dr. Zava, he said, Well, I was looking for someone like you, but she has to have had a hot flash. And she has to know what a hot flash feels like. And I'd already had a couple (laughs) while sitting with him. Right. It's all meant to be. But the first step is always defining knowing your symptoms, and that's Symptom awareness is the first step for women. And then secondly, knowing that symptoms aren't, don't necessarily have to be permanent, terrifying and undo your life, that they're knowing the symptoms of imbalance are the first step testing to find out to what extent these symptoms match up with hormone imbalances, and then taking steps with all the great natural remedies we have out there to rebalance.
0: Amazing. So, okay. I love that. Sorry, go ahead.
1: (laughs) That's what I did, basically. It's a journey. It's not a slam-bam kind of thing. It takes attention and lifestyle changes and being very mindful and willing to make the changes because often... The people that we love most in all the world are the ones that are at the brunt of the imbalances that so many of us suffer from that can make women. So I've had women describe Jekyll and Hyde mood swings, not being able to sleep when you're not sleeping. What sort of mood are you in all day? Having Mm -hmm. horrible, painful periods. There's so many symptoms we should talk about, actually, because that's really the place to begin. On our website at Your Hormone Balance, we have a great symptom quiz so people can go there and check off, just find out, do they have symptoms of hormonal imbalance? And that's really an important place to start.
0: Amazing. Okay. I love that. So we can definitely share that in the show notes and let's go through some of those symptoms that you were just kind of diving into and let's really expand on that.
1: Well, in younger women, I think, and it's been interesting because having two daughters who are running our Instagram site at Your hormone balance. We've got a really active Instagram site. And my daughters were the ones that said to me, Mom, you really should start focusing also on younger women like us who have issues too, because so often the hormone piece is associated with the M word, menopause. And it's, oh, only women in menopause have to think about their hormones. Right. But as it happens, hormonal imbalances are actually very common. In younger women, I talk to a lot of women in their 20s and 30s, and it can become a real problem, especially if you're trying to get your period back after years being on birth control or trying to get pregnant. You've just met the partner of your life and you want to have a baby and can't get your period or ovulate. That can be not only because of years of the birth control, which is so often a default that doctors put women on who come to the clinic saying they have acne or mood swings and they're immediately put on birth control. I think 52% of women on birth control aren't even sexually active right they put on it for other reasons but so younger women the symptoms to look for really are if you have heavy painful periods or irregular periods that's a big sign of hormone imbalance and a lot of women just think oh well my mother had irregular periods or my aunt has irregular periods and so I guess I do too but that's not it is absolutely not normal i remember when i was in college there was we'd all go out friday afternoon to the pubs or and there'd be we had a few roommates that were back in the dorm curled up in a fetal balls so in pain from their periods and we all thought oh poor patty that's just normal, but it's not normal. Right. One doesn't have to suffer from that. PMS, which I was mentioning Dr. Katerina Dalton defined has at least 150 different symptoms, but younger women suffer from that big time when, you know, right before their period often is the worst of it when hormones drop. And that's when we get the weight, the bloating, the extra weight, the Terrible moods, the depression. How many women have I talked to that said they break up with their boyfriend every period? And also migraines, acne, weight that you cannot lose no matter what you do, and feeling anxious, anxiety, and lack of sleep are, are really big complaints among the younger crowd. And then in, with older women, as we move into perimenopause, which is sort of in our women are moving into perimenopause peri meaning nearing or approaching menopause in their late thirties to mid forties, we notice on test results that women are kind of moving into that fluctuating hormone zone earlier and earlier. And I attribute it to the abundance of stress that we're dealing with in our everyday lives Mm -hmm. and also restrictive diets and things that stop ovulation so that we're moving into imbalances sooner. But during our 40s, primarily, we are in perimenopause. It kind of lasts eight to 10 years. And because we're not officially in menopause till the early 50s, till 12 months in a row without a period. But in that interim period, the symptoms to be aware of are periods getting worse, getting lighter. They may get worse. They may go absent. They may get lighter, heavier, go missing altogether. Also big changes in mood and memory, having a lot less patience, feeling really irritable and snapping at all the people that you love most. Hot flashes and night sweats are the famous roller coaster symptoms. Somebody said beer are in perimenopause when the sound of sweat dripping on the floor wakes you up at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hopefully it's not that bad, but a lot right. of women really do suffer badly from these hot flashes that come on during perimenopause, which is this time when our hormones really do start to shift and fluctuate in the lead up. Menopause. So, those are some of the things vaginal dryness, low libido, dry thinning skin, dry thinning hair, breaking nails. There are all kinds of symptoms that we need to be aware of, but the ones that women should really take note. When you're suffering from painful periods and your family's suffering and you are because you are no longer feeling like yourself or acting like yourself and you just don't have the energy or the enthusiasm or the good mood to carry on as you used to, then you really need to take note that this could be a hormonal imbalance and probably most probably is, especially if you're in your late 30s, early 40s.
0: For sure. Yeah, there are definitely a host of symptoms. And I know the women in our practice too, when they come to us, it's not just one, it's always a cascade of symptoms that are showing up for them.
1: Oh, yeah. And in menopause, of course, women, the symptoms can be the same, although periods will stop after 12 months or so. And that's when women can start to feel just sort of out of sorts, brain fog, which can happen at any stage in hormonal imbalance, but just not A lack of cognition, not being able to focus or concentrate, feeling unable to hold, be on top of your game. A lot of women in their 50s are still in high-powered, high-performing jobs, and they just don't feel like they're cutting it the way they used to, and it's very worrisome for them. And that's also when libido starts to plummet, and along with moods, energy, enthusiasm, you know, just zest for living. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women in menopause will say, I just want to get back to me, not to mention weight gain that is really tough to lose at that point. Cause there's a big link between hormone imbalances and the weight that appears to be unbudgeable.
0: Right. So can we talk a little bit about that? Cause I know that there are so many women listening to this who are at that stage in life. And they're just like, I'm doing all the things right. And I'm moving my body. I'm exercising, but this, this weight is just not budging. What sort of things should they be looking at?
1: Well, first of all, I think when we're talking about weight, issues, again, testing is going to shed a lot of light because what we're looking for are number one imbalances of estrogen and progesterone, low levels of androgens, testosterone and DHEA, which are so tied in with metabolism and lean muscle mass, which helps to burn calories so much more efficiently. And then imbalances of the adrenal stress hormone, cortisol where women can have low or high levels of cortisol and either way can be seeing a lot of weight gain around the middle, the dreaded belly fat, or just not being able to lose because it's settled in. As stress settles in, weight settles in, it's kind of a survival response that the body wants to store fat when there's uh, chronic stress on board, unrelenting, unresolved stress the body doesn't know what is the source, it just has to find the fuel and store it in places, especially in the middle. So cortisol imbalances, testosterone, DHEA imbalances, and estrogen dominance, where estrogen is in excess of progesterone or estrogen is high and progesterone is low, all of those contribute to weight gain. And there's a tie in with estrogen, progesterone imbalances and thyroid dysfunction. So there are a lot of links to weight gain when you start looking at your hormones.
0: Right. So ultimately, as I know, it's not just one thing, it's multiple things, and it's not just necessarily one hormone per se. This is why testing can really be so valuable.
1: It's never really one hormone because there can be one hormone that stands out as really off the charts. Right. all of these hormones as is often ad nauseum described as a symphony. <laughs> all the hormones are the instruments that are playing. And if one of them is out of tune, the whole symphony is off. I like to think of hormones also as synchronized swimmers. The perfect pedal formation goes muck when hormones are, let's say one of the swimmers is estrogen, and she starts splashing around and dominating the whole routine. And One of them is testosterone and she dives to the bottom of the pool and that sort of thing where all synchrony is lost. Well, these hormones are maintaining and interacting with each other. So it's a delicate balance. If one hormone is in excess, it can create a deficiency of another hormone. They're all interrelated. So there isn't just a simple fix to look at one hormone. As you said, it's multifactored for sure
0: right Uh ladies i quickly want to interrupt today's episode and talk about one of my favorite delicious midday treats and that is from midday squares if you have not tried their bars they are so, so good. They are hands down one of the best tasting bars on the market. Gaetan and I are both obsessed with them and we always have them in our fridge. So FYI, you do wanna keep them in their fridge. That's where they are going to stay the most fresh and also they won't melt. So super in love with them. I don't know if you've tried them before. If you haven't, you've been living under a rock, but they have raw chocolate. They sweeten it with yakun syrup, Sea salts, you know, pink sea salt, these cacao butter, pumpkin seed, hemp protein, such an inchy protein, and just really guilt free, gluten free, soy free. It's really a clean protein with some amazing superfoods in there and packed with really delicious, real raw chocolate. So I'm a big fan. I love them so much. Inside one bar, you will find that there are two squares. And I often just need one square. Like if it's maybe middle of the day after lunch and I want something a little bit sweet, I will often go treat myself to just one of their squares or like even in the evening time, if there's something that I want, the midday squares are always my go-to because they've got really great protein in there as well as some fiber and some really great fat. So I find it to be a really nice macro breakdown. So definitely check them out. I like to get their starter pack off of their website because then you can try basically, you get three bars of each of their flavors. So they have the fudge, the almond crunch, and the peanut butter, and they're so good I have all three on hand, so if you want to get a sample pack, you can try that and do the starter pack, and then there's three of each flavor. So you can save 15% off. Head on over to middaysquares.com, enter the coupon code HEALTHYHORMONES15, that's one five, enter that at checkout, and you'll save 15% off. And then also a really big shout out to eatenhemp.com. You guys know I love them, and In the past week alone, I've received such amazing testimonials from women who've been struggling with PMS symptoms and PCOS issues, as well as sleep issues, and how amazing the Eaton Hemp CBD oil has been for you. So I am so thankful for that, and you know I only love promoting them because there's so many CBD brands on the market and. They can be a little bit fishy in terms of their ethics and their integrity, but definitely not eaten Hemp, and I'm really just in love with their products, and they really have made a difference, especially in my sleep. I love using the Extra Strength Full Spectrum CBD oil. It's 1,500 milligrams per ounce, and I take one ounce before bed. You could also use the Regular Strength Full Spectrum, and that's 500 milligrams per ounce, so you can definitely give that one a try. And I really do love their oils. I just take a dropper full and just literally put it right under my tongue at night and I take that alongside with my 5-HTP in my magnesium from Canprev so they are really great and if you're looking for a CBD oil to try then I highly recommend that so you can head on over to eatinhemp.com enter the code healthyhormones and you can save 20% off site wide they also have some really great bundles available as well so you can always bundle some products and save so you've been thinking of like trying the super or maybe some of their hemp hearts or their toasted super seeds which I absolutely love. I just eat them right out of the bag. You can check out their bundles and they've got some really great options for you there. So again, that's eatenhemp.com. Enter the coupon code HEALTHYHORMONES and save 20% off. And let's get back to our episode. So you've mentioned the impact of stress on our hormones. And so with the women that you work with in your practice, like what are some strategies that, You kind of recommend foundationally across the board to really support our adrenals that we can keep symptoms at bay? What does that really look like?
1: Well, first of all, I think that you have to talk about lifestyle. Right. So we're on the spectrum from women who would describe their lives as crazy busy. And that's something that I think, okay, is that an admirable place to be? Do we really want to be crazy busy? Especially. Before COVID, when everybody was free to race around and overdo it as much as possible, that was, I think, a way of life. People say things like, oh, I'll sleep when I die or <laughs> statements like that. But people who think that statements like you, when you snooze, you lose, the idea that we have to be constantly going, 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 performing, performing, performing. And what that looks like in test results actually can be very surprising to women who are in, let's say, the typical woman in her 30s and 40s may well have a high performing career. She's got kids at home. She may be taking care of an elderly parent, a full-time job, all of that, COVID fears, all of these things going on. And instead of having, a lot of women will express shock that their cortisol levels are actually not high, but they're low, which is symptomatic, which reflects adrenals that are overworking, that they're in overdrive trying to keep up the pace, keep up demand for energy production, which involves adequate cortisol production, which can be diminished when there's a lack of ovulation. Stress can inhibit ovulation, especially if it's chronic. If ovulation is inhibited, we don't make enough progesterone. Progesterone is made upon ovulation. If we don't make enough progesterone, the adrenals actually go wanting because they need progesterone to produce cortisol. All of these hormones, as you mentioned, are in a cascade So they break down to other hormones and just a constant overdoing it, burning the candle at both ends, not sleeping enough. So what I'm talking to people about in this case is, you know, where are we getting our relaxation? Where are we getting our downtime? Are we getting any downtime, any me time, any self-care time? I ask people to make a list of the 10 things they love to do most in all the world that relax them. That's an easy list to make. It's when you go back through the list and check and jot down next to each entry. Okay, well, when is the last time I did that? <laughs> right. When's the last time I had a massage or a facial or took a long break or had a morning where I didn't turn on my cell phone? The other thing is that's huge with women who are stressed adrenally is that they're often working out or overtraining they're desperate to lose belly fat, they're trying to stay fit and that's great. But there's a lot of this high intensity training to the exclusion of what do i say less intense exercise. And right. I know many of us do yoga and Pilates and all of that, but I see a trend more towards the spinning and the workouts that are vigorous and intense, five, six days a week. Those are the women who are their cortisol demands are so high from this overworking that the adrenals really can fail to meet the demand and start underperforming, in which case that belly fat is not going anywhere. The body's hanging on to it, and it's creating a stress pattern that does not support sleeping well or reducing anxiety. And that just kind of adds to the picture. And there's another thing that that I notice women doing quite a bit and we all do it and we're all addicted, but it's the cell phone and laptop before bed Mm -hmm. being on the blue screen right up to bedtime. I was just talking to a woman the other day, she can't sleep. She was bitterly complaining about her fractured sleep, waking up in the night, can't get back to sleep. So we talked about all these different things. Are you working out before bed? Are you drinking wine before bed? Are you eating anything sweet that can raise your blood sugar, which will then crash in the middle of the night and wake you up? Or are you on your laptop or cell phone? And that was the one. And that's often the one with women. And they'll say, well, yeah, I'm kind of addicted to words with friends. Or (laughs) I read on my Kindle. I read on my laptop before bed. So that's huge because as we're learning, although some of us aren't aware, that the blue light that comes off those screens is directly penetrating the pineal gland of the brain, which then has an effect to deplete the production of melatonin, the master sleep hormone. And melatonin and cortisol being the arbiters of the sleep-wake cycle can get upset and reversed so that cortisol becomes high when it should be low and melatonin is low when it should be high and we stop sleeping. This too is another link to weight gain as I'm sure the appetite hormones operate on the sleep-wake cycle. So women and people who are sleep deprived are often finding that they have sugar cravings, food cravings, don't feel full, go around with this kind of hunger, hangry feeling because their sleep-wake cycle is off and the appetite hormones are kind of reversed from what they should be. Ghrelin, the hunger hormone, goes up and leptin, the satiety hormone goes down, and then you have these cravings. And that's another big issue that causes people to overeat and just contributes to the whole obesity picture.
0: For sure. So
1: it's a a lot to consider. But when I talk to people and we go through the test results together, we can hit on all of these things in a sort of logical order so that it's not all this, 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 and this, but rather discussing each thing in turn in relation to the hormone and the imbalances that are correlating.
0: Right. Absolutely. And so I know we're talking about some strategies there to really support our adrenals, but ultimately those strategies are going to support hormones overall. So just really expanding on some of these strategies for not just adrenal health, but overall hormonal health. What are your views in terms of like nutrition and diet and supplements and herbs? Like Where does that fit into the picture and the importance?
1: Oh, that fits in majorly. I always like to emphasize lifestyle with people first because- matter, you can take all the supplements you want and rub in all the creams. But if you're still living a 24 seven life in a hurried state all the time, cortisol will overwhelm the system. Cortisol is the king, it can really run the show, because other hormones become depleted when stress takes center stage. So there's so much to think about there. First of all, Adrenal support is probably the place to start for good hormones. And it's important to point out that in particular with menopausal women and perimenopausal women, as as they start to move into menopause, it's the adrenal glands that have to pick up the slack from ovarian production of hormones. Right. So the adrenals need a lot of tender loving care, especially during the transitional phase and into menopause we've only got our adrenals where it's not that the ovaries are defunct but they're not making much hormone for us and they're in particular not making much progesterone and the adrenals need progesterone so we really sometimes have to supplement to replenish that so sometimes bioidentical hormones are a first line of defense using some plant-based hormone made from wild yam or soy and Goldilocks amounts is something that I do not shy away from because I think women can sleep better. They can calm their moods and their anxiety and bring things back into balance with just a little bit of replenishment based on, you know, a hormone level show us that these levels are low. Right. That can make a huge difference. Also, supplements, vitamins, like the B vitamins are absolutely crucial for adrenal health. A lot of women I talk to are just taking B12, right? Many are plant-based, they're vegans, they're restricting whole food groups. And so especially vegans will take B12. But I think, and I think there are others that would agree with me, hopefully you do, that the B complex in its entirety, B1 through B12, is really important for adrenal health. B5 to yes. B6 in particular. Absolutely. Important for ovulation and fertility. So it's good to get a good whole B-complex supplement. Some women have a problem, the MTHFR factor, which inhibits their metabolism of the Bs. So there are formulas that I have in my rebalancing guide that account for that. I have a liquid formula, oral formulas, sublingual under the tongue. There's a cream you can rub in with B vitamins. But When adrenals are down, we really have to replenish the Bs because as a nutritionist, they're so easily depleted in the body by stress, by alcohol, by a lack of uh, nutrient in the foods we're eating. We're not all eating balanced meals. So it's really easy to become low in B vitamins. And you know it, when women start using B vitamins that haven't before, they feel a real surge of energy. And I like to pair the B vitamins with adaptogenic herbs. I always suggest an adaptogenic tincture or two. I like tinctures because the adaptogens being herbs, like ash, the most famous one would be ginseng, ashwagandha, rhodiola, maca, Eleuthero, the reishi mushroom. There's so many of them that I like to suggest a tincture, which can be used, you know, you can titrate a tincture. You can put a dropper full or start with a half dropper full and a little bit of water. By the way, listeners, these tinctures can taste like hell. Totally, (laughs) very bitter. (laughs) This is of the earth and you want to put just uh, a little bit in a tiny bit of water and chug it and then have some berries or something full of antioxidants. But these tinctures are fantastic because they're like a tonic to the adrenals. Adaptogens uh, have been studied on astronauts and Olympic athletes. They've been shown to help the adrenals adapt to stressors. So they are nourishing and strengthening adrenal health. And it's so easy to put a nice tincture together with a B complex. And I think those two are major help in terms of supplements. There are many other things that we can do to strengthen the adrenals, but sometimes people get overwhelmed. And I think those two are the leading ones. And, And then of course, progesterone cream, if you're not ovulating because the adrenals so badly need progesterone cream. And the other thing is reducing the overtraining, making a nice balance of exercise with low and high intensity. So balancing out the two to three days of high intensity workouts with other days of yoga or brisk walking or swimming or something that's not as intensive, but that is more calming and relaxing. What was the other thing I wanted to mention? So I've mentioned the bioidentical hormones be complex. Oh, and of course, with foods, I love your book. And I love Alyssa's book. (laughs) She has a chapter on feeding fertility, but mainly for overall hormone balance, we need to eat the good fats, the good protein, those two in particular are the building blocks of hormones. So when people Right. delete those from their diet, they are missing out and creating hormone imbalances, in fact, or creating a lack of the body's ability to produce them. So the good fats, which are the coconut and the avocado and the eggs and the fatty fish, omega-3s, those are just all absolutely everyday stuff that we shouldn't leave out of our kind of armory. Absolutely. Um, and then A big one is, of course, fiber, which helps to rid the body, of course, keeps us full longer, helps us to digest foods properly, and also to big time metabolize hormones, just to help assist metabolism on every level. But in particular, hormones can accumulate and recirculate in the body and a good amount of fiber. I don't know. What do you suggest, Samantha? 30 to 40 grams, I think, a day is...
0: Yeah. I mean, and it can be hard to get that in, but I have definitely seen the benefits of increasing that fiber. The closer you can get to even 40 to 50 would be phenomenal. But again, that's definitely a challenge, but yeah, you're definitely right on there for sure.
1: Well, I think part of that fiber quotient can be met also by increasing the addition of cruciferous vegetables in the diet and you know what I'm about to say, but cruciferous vegetables in particular, the Brussels sprouts, mm-hmm. cauliflower, kale, yes. broccoli, help me out here. What's another one? <laughs> but- oh no, like those are a lot of the uh- those are the main ones, but yes. They have been shown, they have an ingredient within that sulforaphane that actually has been shown to help assist the metabolism of hormones down these particular detoxification pathways or metabolic pathways. Because as we understand, everything that goes into the body needs to be metabolized and excess is excreted. We don't want to store and accumulate, especially not with hormones when we're talking about hormone balance. So the cruciferous vegetables have been shown to ferry estrogens in particular down the proper pathway, the good pathway. There are three of them, and there's one that's the good pathway, and that's the one that cruciferous vegetables encourage the metabolism of that. And this is important because I should have mentioned earlier, excess estrogen, also known as estrogen dominance, and that can mean high estrogen, really high estrogen, or just out of range, or estrogen that's actually within range, but is in excess relative to progesterone because progesterone is low. It is very related to weight gain. There's an estrogen fat pattern distribution from hips, thighs to bottom. And there's a link with thyroid being inhibited. There's something called functional hypothyroidism, Mm -hmm. which refers to a thyroid gland that is actually functional. It's healthy, it's working but it's being inhibited by binding proteins that excess estrogens are throwing out. So you can have, this is the frustration of women who have weight gain that they've been struggling with. They're doing everything right and they can't lose. And when they finally get to to testing hormones, turns out their estrogen is high and their thyroid, the tested normal, is actually just inhibited. Its thyroid hormone is being blocked by this underlying imbalance of estrogen dominance. Many women will go to the doctor and get their thyroid tested because they're gaining weight. And the doctor says, oh, all your numbers are normal. If that happens to you, look to your underlying imbalances like estrogen dominance and also adrenal issues. The adrenals work hand in glove with the thyroid. So if there are adrenal imbalances going on then we are also looking at thyroid inhibition. And overall, both of those things are risks for breast cancer. And I would like to mention that because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and estrogen excesses drive most breast cancers. So it's a good thing to know what your hormones are doing, where they're at, especially if you're, many women are worried about breast cancer, it's in their family. And it's important to know that it's not necessarily genetic, it can be down to the epigenetics where it's our lifestyle, our nutrition, our stress levels that contribute to the development of a breast cancer. So it's never too early to find out, to dig deeper and find out what's going on inside with those hormones that rule. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. (laughs) They truly do. Okay, ladies, a really quick chat about healthygut.com and their amazing holozymes enzymes. Over the years, I have definitely had on and off issues with my digestion and being that I have an underlying autoimmune condition, it is so important to optimize the health of my gut and my digestive system. And as we know, our immune system lives in our gut. And after coaching women for so many years, often the things that I see in practice from cramping and undigested food in their stools and bloating and loose stools and gas and all the different gut-related complaints. There are numerous, even hearing things like, Having midday pregnant belly bloating, this is often the things that I will hear from a lot of the women that I've coached over the years, and enzymes can really bring a lot of relief. And if you are looking for something to take with your meals to help break down your carbs, your fat, and your protein so that you can digest better, and so that you can get rid of those occasional gut-related complaints... I highly recommend Holozyne. They are fast acting, they're actually patent proving, they're all natural, there are no fillers, they're non-GMO, and they actually have six clinical proven studies. I'm a really big fan of them. You can save $15 off by going to healthygut.com forward slash healthyhormones. Do check them out and I can guarantee they're gonna make a really big difference in how you feel with your digestive health. So just going back to your comment about progesterone cream, I really want to make it clear for our listeners that Mm -hmm. first to test and to really understand where their hormones are at and what's going on with progesterone before using the cream.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Younger women can use an herb called Vitex Chaseberry, which is also called Vitex, the Latin word. I know I'm talking to the choir here (laughs) with with you, Samantha. It's all good. (laughs) but. The thing is in younger women in their 20s, early 30s, I often see progesterone levels that are quite low. And we also measure what we call the progesterone estrogen ratio. So we can tell if there's an adequate proportion of progesterone relative to estrogen because progesterone is balancing that growth activity of estrogen. For women who aren't quite sure what these hormones do, estrogen is is a growth hormone. It grew all of our female organs. It's a very potent growth hormone. It grows the egg in the ovary every cycle and it it thickens the endometrium, that uterine lining that we shed as a period. So when you have heavy, painful periods and tender breasts and bloating and all of that, you can pretty much figure you've probably got too much estrogen relative to progesterone. But if we see that and the person's not sleeping, and has a host of, of other symptoms, like you know PMS symptoms in particular, progesterone can have its place. I usually suggest it with younger women who are not sleeping at all because progesterone is very calming and sleep promoting and it can be used at bedtime. But for younger women who don't have sleep problems, but more PMS and the heavy painful periods, we can start with an herb called the chaseberry and that can be very helpful. And what was your question? So I'm having a menopausal moment. No,
0: that was great. No, that was great. I was saying to, in order to use progesterone cream, let's make sure we test so that we can gauge our our levels before just.
1: Testing, if it shows low and there are symptoms that are hallmark symptoms of that imbalance, then I will either suggest Chaseberry Vitex as a beginning. It can be very effective. It hit that herb has been used for centuries to restore, they describe it as helping with female disorders, but they think that it hits the pituitary, it impacts the pituitary of the brain, which then triggers the production of luteinizing hormone, which then helps to trigger ovulation, is the release, the trigger for ovulation. And then upon ovulation, we make progesterone. And so that can be really helpful to top up for younger women and get for a loading dose to use it for a month or two, and get their, it's helped so many women, I can't tell you how many women coming up birth control have been able to restore their periods because some gals have been on birth control for 12, 15 years and they can't get their period back. It can take up to a year. So using in that case can really turn things around magically. And if that's not happening, then maybe we add a little bit of progesterone in. But once the levels retest is always ideal to find out how the levels are looking now that we've been using. And when we retest, we continue to use the supplements so we can see if it's working and make adjustments. But for younger women, they don't need to be on a hormone forever. It's it's just a, a way to restore the regular periods that they should be having. And if younger women are conscious and mindful of all these things we're talking about, how important it is to not overtrain, to not restrict proteins and fats to an egregious degree, to make sure that they're getting a wholesome, balanced diet and assisting their adrenals with some adrenal support, like the adaptogenic herbs, then they can be cruising. It's another story for perimenopausal women whose hormones are shifting and fluctuating and that's inevitable. But what is not inevitable is how precipitous the decline of hormones as we get older. They don't have to be jacked up. They don't have to be going through these extreme highs and lows so that we're just back to the uh, Jekyll and Hyde description. Right. Mediate that and moderate that by filling in with the right foods, with the right balance of life, the life work exercise balance, and then some helpful supplements. And for women in menopause or who've had a total hysterectomy, they sometimes need a full complement of hormones, but it's got to be bioidentical. They have to be plant based. You should insist on any woman listening do not accept an HRT synthetic hormone replacement therapy which has been shown for years in many studies, not only the Women's Health Initiative, but in many European studies, to be harmful to women's health, to increase our risk for breast cancer, heart disease, stroke, blood clots, all the things that women were told back in the 60s that we needed to use HRT for, it's been shown to be causative. So that stuff should be banned as far as I'm concerned. And we should be using the bioidenticals that European women have been using that are plant-based. We can't say they're entirely natural because they are made in a lab, but they're made to be identical in structure and function to the hormones our own bodies make. So they're plant-based, they're identical to what we make and they go on in Goldilocks doses. So based on the testing, as you made the point, Samantha, Based on testing, we're talking about the lowest effective dose. And with progesterone in particular, a topical cream is usually the best way to get like a quarter of a teaspoon, which is about a bean size, can be about 25 milligrams, which is mimicking what the body makes, or you can use even less and work with it. Creams are better with progesterone because progesterone likes to go into fat cells. It's lipophilic. So then it gets this nice steady state release. But again, the point being, never use a hormone without testing. And that goes for birth control too. We need our contraception. I was the first one in line back in the sixties, but Do we really need contraception that's full of hormones, synthetic hormones that are harmful to our health if we're not sexually active? And nowadays we have these wonderful tracking devices like natural cycles and flow tracker that can tell us when we're ovulating and when we're fertile. So I see the need for birth control starting to
0: diminish. Absolutely. I mean,
1: yeah. Hormonal types of birth control.
0: Right, right. No, (laughs) absolutely. I totally agree with you. Well, that was really fantastic and super informative. Can you remind our audience again where they can connect with you and learn more about you?
1: Yes. We're a a mother daughter's team. My daughter, Jess is a health coach and nutritional health coach through IIN and Ryan, my other daughter is the brains behind... uh, putting this out and reaching people and getting our information out on Instagram, which is at your hormone balance. I think your younger audience would love our Instagram. It's loaded with all kinds of information and fun memes and reels and all sorts of things that will educate you. And if you go to our our website, as I mentioned earlier in the program, www.yourhormonebalance.com, we have a great symptom quiz, which really puts you in the picture and let you know that yeah, this symptom isn't just something that you need to live with. This is a sign of hormone imbalance, and so is this, and so is this. And it comes up with a, a kind of assessment of where you're at hormonally. And then test kits can be ordered from our website. And I'd love to offer your listeners a fifty dollar off any test kit if they just use what code should be used, Samantha?
0: Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, Healthy Hormones is what we typically use across the board, so that would be fantastic.
1: Use healthy hormones as a code when you order any kit. And we'd love to talk hormones with you because the more women that get into this and can find out why they have the heavy periods, even PCOS, so many women are suffering with that. And we can look at the hormone issues related to that. There's all kinds of lifestyle changes, getting off the sugar and the carbs in particular, that can help women with PCOS and adjusting their hormones. So there's much we can do to help not only relieve symptoms, but to protect your heart and your bones and your brain. These are protective. Like I said, hormones do rule. We can't live without them and we want them to be as much in balance as possible. It's never going to be a perfect world, but we can, you know, we can maintain some kind of homeostasis without too much trouble.
0: For sure. Well, I love that it's a mother-daughter team. That sounds fantastic. We will have all those links in the show notes. And thank you so much, Candice, for being with us today.
1: You are very welcome. My pleasure.
0: Awesome. Thank you, My pleasure. Thank you so much for being with me today, ladies. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Candice. You can grab our show notes over on the website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 179. And do head over to the website because a few months ago we gave it a beautiful upgrade and it looks amazing. And I'd love for you to check it out and all the delicious recipes and everything that we have over there. You can connect to all the past show notes there and all the episodes. If there's anything that you've missed, it's all there for you. And of course, if there's anyone in your life that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And if you've had any ahas or anything you'd like to share with me, you can find me over on Instagram at holisticwellnessfoodie. Thanks so much for being with me. I will chat with you all next week. Take care.